Oh my gosh, you're recording me? Hi! <laughs> Look at oh. your dumb boards on the wall and your cute little self. I'm trying, I'm trying to be like Lauren. I'm okay. like Lauren, you know? I've been taking, I've been taking, I've been taking, you know, I'm taking receipts from you and your and your wonderful career on HGTV. You know, I watch HGTV uh, like religiously. And so when do I see you? Yes, and because it's fun, especially in the pandemic, pandemic art. And Hello. Oh wow, it's beautiful. Like it's dope. All right, thank you. So tell us, how did you begin your journey in, uh, in design and decor and, and interiors? Because you're amazing. You're oh. so effortless. Thank you so much. That's so lovely uh, of you to say. And I appreciate you you saying that because it makes me just feel validated in what I'm doing. Because, you know, I honestly feel like uh, design is what my purpose uh, here on earth, which sounds kind of silly. But I my personal start was I, I was really actually a graffiti artist. And that was my passion. <laughs> so I was, my plans were to be a street artist. I mean, they don't call it graffiti art anymore. It's street artist, you know, or really fine art was kind of what I, my vision was going to be. But if I had a graffiti background, I used to do a lot of graphing and, uh, and run these streets, honey. And um, so when I was ready to go to college, I, my plan was to sell. I had this souped up Honda Civic, you know, that I had done all, put all the bells and whistles on. And I, my plan was to sell that. And travel through Europe being, you know, putting up murals and being a street artist. And, but my mom was like, what do you think I do all this work for? <laughs> I'm doing all this to send you to college. You know, I felt like an obligation in a sense to, to respect her and to, um, to pursue college degree before I really started to pursue my art degree. And, you know, growing up, my mom, she had a side hustle of like flipping houses. She had a lot of rental properties. And so her, she was a nurse by trade, but she had homes that she was, you know, renovating, would hook fix up and, you know, make nice. So I had that experience of being with her on the weekends and like spending time with her while she was doing that, begrudgingly or not, <laughs> right? So I had this understanding of how things worked and how materials worked and how, you know, the processes and stuff. So kind of a building background. So when I came to coming to college, I was like, all right, how can I mix my like love of art with something that I actually know about, which was design and building. And I was like, all right, I'll just go for interior design. And like the first day I went to school, I knew that that is what I wanted to do. Like it, it was just really, it was that simple. I joke because I laugh because I, I never made grades. Like I was in accelerated classes, but I wasn't like the number one student. But when I got to design school like that, I thrived in school and I actually developed a passion for learning beyond, you know, the typical stuff that I had to learn, you know, so that was exciting for me too. Which design school did you attend? Oh, honey, please. It wasn't Cornell. Oklahoma State University. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, 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 let me tell you. What you one of our um one of our team members, he went to SCADS to um school. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know SCAD, huh, <laughs> <Excuse> moi. <laughs> those of us in those Oklahomies of ours, people in Oklahoma <laughs> don't get to go to SCAD. <laughs> but uh, you know what? What what's interesting is I still had to get out of Oklahoma. Like, irrespective of what my true passion was, getting out of Oklahoma was really important to me because I just knew that I was destined in, in for more and needed to you know, see more. And growing up in Oklahoma and, in, 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 you know, the nineties and stuff, it was, it still is not very progressive, you know, but it was even less progressive then. And so I knew that, you know, my vision for what I wanted to do was bigger than that. So I went to school initially at Oklahoma state for two years. And then I, um, I was like, I gotta get out of here. I thought, 
you know, how could I take this and do something else? So I actually did a national exchange program instead of an international exchange program. I did a national exchange program with California State University where I was able to transfer my credits, gain residency in California and LA. And I just transferred to California and I never looked back. Uh, so that was my like, that was my cheat code to getting the hell out of California and still being able to afford it. Uh, or, yeah, so that was an interesting experience, but it was great because I got to see more and do more. And then, then I was going to, uh-oh, get out of here. Uh, I think you're muted. There? Yeah, yeah I hear you now. Oh, sorry. Okay, am I good? You can hear me now? Okay. So anyway, I was able to get out of, of Oklahoma, and that was great because I, I wasn't going to a design school, but I was going to California State University, and at least there I was getting, you know, an education that had art, history, and, you know, like it was expanding my career, my knowledge, I'd say. It's still one Cornell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome because did you grow up anywhere near... Where is University of Oklahoma at? Is it near Tulsa or any, how far is that from Tulsa? Oh, Oklahoma State is near Stillwater. Yes, that's right. Near near Tulsa. Mm -hmm. Wow. What do you know about that? Well, you know, you know, I saw it on TV the other day. Ah, you're from Detroit, so I guess you get it. I guess you get it. You know what a small town is. Right, right. You already know. Right. That's Let's awesome. See. So when you grew up, like, I'm curious to know, when did you first really know that you wanted to do things with your hands and like design and color? Did you go to a third uh. Did you go to art class in third grade or what was it? Oh, yes. Like, you know, my mom, I, all of that, like, it's always been a passion of mine. I, you know, I have, my mom has this painting. I actually put me through to like, like my extracurricular weekend things were always art classes. And I, she has this painting that she matted and framed of, of a still life that I had drawn in the first grade. And it's beautiful. It was actually really good. I was impressed with my, you know, my own art skills, but when I say that this is my purpose, like, it's really true. There are things, and I used to think that I was just crazy, or I'd be in a space, and, you know, the things would be in the wrong space, and I would just move them around and fix them. And there's a joke amongst uh, some of my old babysitters, they would be like, man, when Norm would come over, you better have your pillows together, you know, because I would be fluffing folks' pillows and moving them just right. And like, one of my old sitters would say, you know, I would walk out of the room and Norm would Lord will be in there rearranging my chairs and like <laughs> I come back in and go oh this is nice you know so it's just one of those things that I truly feel was in me it could also be some type of like you know neuroses like Asperger's but who knows I just know that like when it comes to spaces and planning them like I just know scale and balance and that kind of thing was like kind of my little tick which is weird but you know even taking it back further historically you know I'm black and from the south and like my grandmother was a housekeeper my great-grandmother was a housekeeper my great-grandmother was a housekeeper like it just goes back so many generations I mean you can tell by the color of my skin you know what was it in the house <laughs> but keeping it you know what I'm saying you know I just come from this long line and I mean we're talking at least as far as as I know, at least six, seven generations back, you know, women in my family on both sides who kept other people's houses. So when it comes to the history of African-Americans and keeping other people's homes, that is something that I think all of us can understand and relate to if we really dug into our lineage, you know, and, um, you know, we raised other people's babies, we kept other people's houses, we cleaned other people's shit, you know, and it's like, that's where I find that I come from. And like, you know, when I was a little girl, I remember making the beds with my grandmother and, you know, she don't play when it comes to cleaning the house, you know, it's like everything better be tucked like the military, you know, because that's where she gets that, that history, history from. And that's how she put her family through college and even herself. So, you know, that's just, I really like try to pay respect to that, that old thing. Yeah, I was, I noticed that too, because, um, you know, you can deny who you really are when it comes to art, because, you know, a lot of times, like you said, a lot of our family a lot of our family and our 
you know, we just don't push us to go into that world of design mm-hmm. and interiors. And but we don't really understand, you know, feng shui. That's the art of Chinese placement. Like that's a real mm-hmm. deal in China. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying? I, mm-hmm. I studied that on my own, and I was like, oh, put the lamp over here and get the energy yes. over there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So exactly. I'm, I'm looking at your face just like you're looking over uh-huh. here. And I'm like, look at the perspective. Look at the layers and the textures. Yeah. Like, what inspired this look? What inspired this look? Because it's like very mod too. Yes, it's mod. very. Uh, it is a vibe. I, you know, I love dark and sexy. Like for me, moody, sexy, deep. I'm not afraid of color. I'm not afraid of pattern, as you can clearly see. And I just love, like, I love being able to play with depth and texture and all of those things. And like for me. I want my space to reflect really who I am or who my client is, you know, they're, they're, you know, I just wanted to feel cozy. Home is all about reflections of you. You know, one of my biggest things is like you and I both spend all of our time working hard so that we can provide or pay for the biggest bill in our lives and the biggest bill of everybody's life typically their home right and it's like really it's not missed on me that so many people were like oh i'm not gonna hang any pictures because i'm just renting or oh i'm not gonna paint the wall that color because what about the next people they're gonna have to paint it over and there's something called enjoyment equity that i feel is so important for people to to really capitalize on like what are you doing all this stuff for if you're not enjoying the space and using it the way that it should work for you fuck the other people fuck everybody else like and it's okay to take risks. And so when it comes to like painting your walls black and your ceiling black, you know, like just do it. It's just paint. It don't cost you nothing to, you know, really like paint it back if you do it yourself. You know, I think that's just some, I, am I on a tangent? I don't even know what the hell I'm No, about. you're not on a tangent. <laughs> that, okay. that, that's, that's leading us to where we wanted to talk about. Um, what are yeah. some of your design tips and ideas that you would like to share with us post-pandemic makeovers for your home? Because I love black. Yes. I love black ceilings. I love yeah. tin foils. I love black doors. I love the dis- you know, yes. I love the black doorknobs, the distressed yes. ones. Yeah, yes. I love yes. old house brands. Like, I love those. Yes, you better get over here in Nashville, right. man. We got all that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think the post-pandemic, I think we've all learned in the last two years, like, how important our homes is as a safe space, as a place that feels comforting. You know what I mean? I don't care if you've been on a two-week vacation or a two-year stint in jail, right? Everybody wants to go home. Am I right? That's the one place anybody ever says they ever want to be. And so, especially post-pandemic, I think that it's important that we realize how important our homes really are. In this day and age, I think that people should be really making their space feel as good as they can. Investing in it. I don't mean financially. I just mean the time and the energy put into it. Like, you know, make your space feel like you, you know? Even if it's a rental property, there's so many rental proper, so many retro-friendly things you can do in your own space that that still let home feel like the elevated and that it's not just something you're renting, but something that you actually feel can take some ownership in. And though you may not own it, you can still take ownership in it. <laughs> Does that make sense? So it, when I say that, I mean, hanging up your photographs. That means hanging up your art. That means painting a wall, even if it's an accent wall or putting up some temporary wallpaper. It means, you know, changing out your, like you said, handles to make it, to modernize the space, whatever it takes to make it feel good. And if you, still are feeling timid about those kinds of things. You can always do something like putting out fresh flowers every other week. You can also find cute boxes that help you to organize and manage some of the chaos and the mess that you've got so that your face feels harmonious and doesn't have you looking all around for your remote control. In fact, I got a box right here. This is a box. I keep it by on my counter and I put all my remote controls and stuff in there so I know where to find my shit (laughs) or your keys or your whatever else, you know, your dog leash. Um, And then last but not least, if you can't afford even that stuff, okay, the simplicity in a clean and orderly space 
you know, really speaks volume. For me, if you can do nothing else for your space, clean it up. Yeah, that box, it definitely hit home. My cousin told me about this. Uh, I said, my cousin was like, Where, where'd you get this from? And I was like, I got it from Lamborghini. You know, we work with Lamborghini. And he was like, Yes, he was like, honey. Right. He was like, he was like, what is that? And I was like, I don't know. And he said, You don't know what that is? I said, No, I don't. He said, It's called a catch all. Oh, yes, a catch-all space. That's so real. it was it was a catch-all. Right. It was a leather catch-all yeah. from Lamborghini. And you yes. put your keys, your nickname. And, yeah. it, and I was like, oh, your this wallet? looks nice. Why? Yes. Why? I didn't, I didn't know. But like you said, that little box, that's kind of dope. Looking into that. Man, I'm going to tell you why. Because my mom, when I was growing up, my mom was really the, the motivation for all of my creativity. My mom could make something out of nothing. Let me just make sure that's really clear. My mom sewed all of our clothes growing up. She made all of our decorations. She made all of our costumes. She made wrapped every gift with custom paper. Like she was that that big. Okay. She, my mother is the Martha Stewart. Okay. And so, which was really how I got into all this. So when my mom would say, this house is mine. This box is yours. And she would hand me a box and say, everything that you got needs to go into this box because I don't want to see your Barbie dolls, your bullshit, yeah, you know, your backpack, your this, that, and the third. So she really had this me compartmentalized, really, which is probably part of my trauma, but still <laughs> she had me taking all my things and you know, condensing them so that I didn't take over her house. You know, she was like, This is my house, this is your box, you know. And so I really do live by that because now I know where to find my things because I have it in a box, you know. I know where my keys are, I know where my wallet is, I know where my purse goes, it's on a hook, you know, like I just have these places for everything and and I try my best to have, that's the part of, of being a lifestylist is actually having a place where you can put your things so you know where to find them. And I don't care how much junk you got, just cover that shit up. In a box. Wow, yeah, hide that. Put that in the box. That, that's yeah. dope. So, um, so how did you, okay, so let's just fast forward a little bit. First of all, you know how to work with tools. Did you get a certification in handy womanness or something? Hell <laughs> no. I got a, I got a street, some, some street cred, some street treat uh education but uh, you know i go back to my mom again she was like always had tools everywhere and like i remember it like 16 17 asking for tools and i remember my girlfriends being like what's going on with you you want a, a tool i'm like yeah i want a makita drill driver for christmas and they're like what but i have one <laughs> and when i married my husband when i first met he was like damn you got a lot of tools what man you've been up here you know what man taught you how to use this and i was like are you kidding me I love tools. I love them. And I even consider my fingernails as my tools. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, those are, those, those are definitely some screwdrivers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. No, but that's dope because, I mean, you know, on trading spaces, on a lot of these, first of all, you're in you, you're a whole host and a whole list of, like, top shows for, for like, design from trading spaces to Disney's to next-gen uh, TV shows where you're yes. a judge on design show. I mean, yes. what the... Can you tell us one of your most memorable moments on Trading Spaces? Oh, boy. God, that was ages ago. Grandmother Matt can hardly yesterday. But you know that show has such a huge following. It does. And, you know, one of the, I do have some memories. You know, uh, that show was an incredible force to be reckoned with. It was one of the first, you know, makeover shows. And the uh, the challenge was so unique. You know, $1,000 in two days. That's a huge challenge for a budding designer, but I loved it because it was really challenging me to think outside the box when it came to to how materials worked, and it was the perfect fit for me at that, especially at that time because I was so new in the game. Uh, I learned a lot of mistakes <laughs> and what not to do, which I think is just as important as the things that I learned how to do. But what I am so grateful for is being able to use that as the base of my entire experience in television. It's like how do I, you know, maximize 
the minimal stuff, you know? So yeah, that, sh- that show was, was beyond uh, amazing and I'm so grateful for it. And I didn't even realize how good it was at the time because I was like, oh, cool, design show, whatever. And then, you know, the next show I go on, it's like, they don't even have a thousand dollars. And I'm like, whoa, what, what? <laughs> but yeah, that, that show taught me so much. Again, I had never done television. I was 23, four years old at the time and never done TV. And so I learned not only how to be on TV, how to design for TV, how to maximize a budget, how to use you know, the tools I learned how to reupholster. I mean, all of these things were like super useful information to be able to carry on so that when it came to being, uh, you know, a co-host on Fab Life on ABC, I was able to really share that knowledge and that information with not only the production team and the art department, but also with everybody who was watching. And so it's just carried me over from Fab Life to uh, homemade Simple on the Oprah Winfrey Network, which is a huge DIY show, to even what I'm doing now as a designer and judge on certain shows. Now I'm able to actually judge people and what they're doing. And it's just super useful. It was a, a great education. And when you when you judge people in your new show, by the way, I love that. Uh, I love the co-host when you did Fab Life. That was really great. And we all love the Homemade Simple on Oprah's own channel. That was great as well. But now yeah. you're a design judge. What are you looking for? Like, what are you looking for? Uh, well, unfortunately, the show is not being picked up again. You know, we did um, have a winner for the show. It was Carmion Hamilton, which is a young, another fellow young African-American woman, which I was super uh, excited about because she was a powerhouse. But, you know, I think in terms of just that experience, I, I am, I feel a sense of, of joy just knowing and gratitude, certainly, um, that's, that I've graduated past the days of, 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 of like, skimping on thousand dollar budgets and I can watch other budding designers, you know, develop their skills and cut their teeth on something on, a, on opportunities that are similar. That for me is, is amazing. And uh, yeah, that was, that was unique and, and I love it. And, and also being a judge on um, shop class on, on Disney plus was really cool. Those, there were kids who were designing in a design competition show. So that was really unique too, to just be able to kind of guide them and give them the experience I've got. So, you know, it's like the old, uh, uh, the old adage, like when you learn something, teach someone else. And, and that's what I feel is, is uh, where I'm at right now. Nice. And speaking of teaching someone else, what's next on your on the radar with you? Are you lending your name to any support? Are you doing NFTs? Do you have a home collection coming out? Because you, you mentioned Martha Stewart. All of the above. Yes, all of the above, actually. <laughs> you know, I am uh, still in working in a developing relationship with HGTV, which is, of course, you know, the granddaddy of it all. So certainly grateful to be working for them. We've got Urban Oasis Giveaway Home, 20, Urban Oasis 2022 Giveaway Home that is going on right now. So enter to win for your chance to win the house and the car and the $50,000 from now until November 23rd. Just want to put that out there for everybody. You can do it two times a day. And also I've got some unique programming that I'm working on myself and uh, we'll, be, we'll be debuting here very shortly. So 2023 is shaping up, honey. There is lots to come from Mac here. And I am taking no prisoners, baby. <laughs> so are you going to, is it safe to assume a book in the near future, maybe? It is safe to assume all, all <laughs> of that and then some. A book, I'm going to do a whole book series. No, I'm just kidding. I, you know what? There's so many things that I have in store. And like, I will tell you this. I have learned through this business and this 20 years of working in this business that it is time to invest in myself. So there are so many things that I am doing and putting um, my own money where my own mouth is. <laughs> so nice. I've got some incredible new series and some things that I've been working on behind the scenes um, that 2023, 2023 is sure to, um, to uh, be a good year for me. Nice. And for everybody who gets to watch and follow along. <laughs> right. 
We're definitely going to go to Urban Oasis and fill out that paperwork. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything else that we didn't speak to or talk on that you wanted to mention about any community service involvement, any any, uh, any, know, any any New Year's Eve plans? Are you and your husband going to go, you know, any excursions, any Honey, adventures? please, we going to go. We're going to sleep on New Year's Eve. Them days is over, honey. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you know, but but I have uh, committed to a life of sobriety or an alcohol-free life. I'll say that. Um, I have an, uh, an alcohol-free life. I've been so not drinking for over a year and almost a half. A year and five months and twenty-seven days. But who's counting? <laughs> Well, congratulations and, on that. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I, I will tell you, you know, because I, I, I lived a life, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was a choice that I made to because because I am a 40-year-old woman now and I want to want to focus on my health and my uh, mental health. <laughs> and after the pandemic, I recognized how important mental health and clarity was. And so that was a choice I made for myself just so that I could could usher myself into the next movement. So there will be no drinking on New Year's, but there will be lots of eating and probably lots of dessert. <laughs> right. And I saw that you you're working on some food network shows. Well. I do. I do a lot of a Stand lot of work. Busy. Stand busy. Uh, you know, got to hustle out here, Vaughn. Are, hey. are there any daily affirmations that you can share with us before you leave with us today that you use for yourself mm. to affirm who you are? Do you look in the mirror or do you meditate? Oh, I absolutely meditate. I absolutely believe in affirmations. One of the, my biggest uh, affirmations to myself is when in doubt, I always tell myself, why not? You know, I often say to myself, well, why would you do that, Lauren? Why would, why would you write a book? Why would you, why would you start investing in yourself? And then I have to remind myself, why not, Lauren? You know, there are so many people out here who are willing to do it. So why not you be one of those people as well? So I guess to myself, whenever I challenge my own thoughts, I have to remind myself to challenge those negative thoughts with why not do that stuff. So that's, for me, one of the things that I live by. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. You're such a pleasure. So much great energy. I'm so proud of you and all your efforts and everything that you're doing. Set the trailblazer for, um, you know, marginalized people. I'm super excited to see you. Like I literally, be, I know you probably think I'm lying, but I, I love the Property Brothers. I love every show. I you do. Yeah, all those shows. Yay. And so when I saw you on there, I was like, oh, yeah, you familiar face. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention, I had a debut show come out on HGTV. What is today? Is it Friday? Wednesday. It was called Best House on the Block. And of course, they only are going to air it one time on what they all that's about. But that's something, that's something to say. That's something to talk about. So and Best House on it. the Block. Yes. It was, a, it was a makeover show that was a docu-follow of me building my business here in Nashville and uh, renovating a home. And, you know, I, I want to just say this is something that I want to say to you. You mentioned uh, marginalized people and people who have not, you know, who, who aren't represented. And for me, no matter what happens, that is my mission too, is to, to really showcase to other young Black girls who are from Oklahoma, from the South, who, do, who think that they can't get out to, right? That there is hope and there is a way to hustle out you know and uh, oh god I got goosebumps because I think that's so important there wasn't that for me when I was growing up there was like the only person the only design show I ever saw on tv was designing women and the only black person on there was their handyman Anthony Bouvier <laughs> right and so I think that it's so important to not only be an example for black young black women but also for black homeowners for uh Black, you know, because we put so much money into the economy. Black women are, you know, the highest population of people who are becoming homeowners right now. And I think that that's super important when it comes. It's a, it's a that's a number that doesn't necessarily get talked about a lot. But I think it's really important to recognize that that that's our power and that, that there's so many of us that are owning property and becoming homeowners and, you know, working with our hands. And like, 
you know, we're not our ancestors, we're our ancestors' dreams now, you know? And so and we don't have to subscribe to some of the older standards. Like now we are able to use tools and to go out here and do our own DIYs and to be a redesigner, or a lifestylist and all of these other things. And I do want to say that uh, one last thing, you know, DIY is my passion. That's where I come from. And I really having a struggle with the term DIY, because for me, when I think DIY, I think of like popsicle sticks and hot glue. Uh, but for me, I really consider myself a redesigner because I take things and reimagine them, redesign them, renew them, refurbish, re, you know, all of these, recycle them even sometimes out of thrift stores or trash even. I'm really bringing that spirit to my designs and to, to you all. Well, nice. Thank you so much. It's all about upcycling. I love upcycling, too. I found a piece of marble on the side of the road, like literally Washington Heights in New York. And I was like, I'm going to fall in Uber and get this slab of marble. So Hell I got that yeah, what did you do? Yeah, it's right there. Well, let me see it. The area's messy. <laughs> uh, that's okay. My house right, right, right. <laughs> Let me see it, Vaughn. Come on. Well, that is a dream. Where is it at? See, this is right Your house there. is beautiful. This is a little Wait, live work. That's it. So we just, sitting I put, on the couch? I some, no, it's right there, that marble piece white slab. Oh, that circle? Yeah, that's a, that's marble. Oh my God, so I, I, that is fire. You found a table. You upcycled it. Yeah, I upcycled it. So I put some legs on it from Amazon or uh yes. or Wayfair, same thing. Yeah. And yeah. Then, you know, and boom, there you have it. Because I saw boom. it on the road. I was like, that's that's you already know. That's like five hundred dollars for the marble piece on the table. You know, I did an upcycle marble thing. I'm obsessed with marble. marble. Marble's making a comeback, honey. I'm obsessed with marble. I did a similar thing with an old trash can and a marble top. You can see it on my Instagram. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Good for you. Very good find. All right. Well, thank you so much. So thank I hope you. you have a wonderful weekend. It was such a pleasure speaking to you. I'm so happy thank you took our call. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You mean thank so much. You, you mean so much to us at 360 as well as the you know, people out here just trying to, you know, see more people like you on television. I'm so, you know, we're here for you. We always will be here for you. So thank we love you. you thank much. you. We love you. Thank much. you. I love you too. And have a great weekend. You too. Bye. <laughs>